Okay. Hey team. Welcome to the 40 something and interning podcast. This week we have a new dietetic intern. I want to introduce you guys to Victoria Whitrack. Hi, Victoria. Hi, Danielle. Thanks for having me on here. Of course, no problem. Please um, go ahead and introduce yourself to our audience. Yeah, so I'm Victoria, and I am originally from Minnesota, and I ended up here in Seattle, Washington, by way of Colorado and Alaska. Mm-hmm. Uh, I worked in healthcare for the last 14, 15-ish years post-graduating from a business management degree through my undergrad. And I really love to be in the mountains and moving. And um, I also love to relax. And I'm really into yoga and knitting and just Mm -hmm. hanging out with family. So nice. I wish I could knit. It always looks like so much fun when I see other people doing it. So you were in healthcare. What were you focused on before? Yeah, so I, my family is kind of a, they, we have a background in healthcare. And so when I was doing my undergrad, I didn't necessarily want to go to college when I went to college right out of high school. And so Mm -hmm. I would joke with everyone that I was going to college to play soccer, because that's kind of what I did. (laughs) Um, But in the meantime, my, my parents, my, my mom and my sister, who were both nurses, had mentioned this certified nursing assistant thing that I could do. And so Mm -hmm. I got that, I think it was Christmas break over my freshman year of college. And Mm -hmm. that's basically what I did for the last so many years post-college with some uh, mixing of doing some farm work and, you know, taking a lot of stretches off to travel and stuff. So. Yeah, that's awesome. I think it's interesting. Um, It's such a, um, for me, it was like, I knew that I would go to college, but I didn't really know what I wanted to do specifically. I think that's such a tricky thing to ask somebody straight out. you like, what do you want to do for the rest of your life? So um, where did you complete your undergrad? Um, I went to the College of St. Glasga in Duluth, Minnesota. So it's a private li- li- liberal arts school. Okay. And so you were doing CNA work for about 14, 15 years, you said? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I started what? out in college at the, the college that I went to also had a, a nursing home attached to it. And so I mm-hmm. worked just right on campus. And then I eventually went to the hospital in my hometown in Duluth and then you know, I went up to Alaska and worked at a long-term care facility for a couple years. And I've worked at a few different hospitals down here in the, in the Washington area now. Okay. So what was the catalyst for you to go ahead and say, all right, I want to switch things up a little bit and look into nutrition and diet. Yeah. Oh man. (laughs) Well, I definitely knew by the time, by now, I've known that I've wanted to work with people and help people in in, a, in some sort of health setting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, working as a certified nursing assistant is really hard on your body. And I knew eventually I would go back to school for something, but I just wanted to take the time to figure out what it is that I enjoyed yeah. in life through traveling, through my experiences. And So I was actually set on a path of going back to school for nursing. I was working on all my prerequisites for nursing. But what was crazy is when I lived up in Alaska, I had found this school down in Seattle that I was Mm -hmm. super intrigued by. And 
nutrition kind of became a really big part of my life, honestly, right after moving away from college. And, you know, I surrounded myself with health minded people who were really interested in growing food and foraging for food and just these wellness practices around, you know, functional health. And Mm -hmm. so I, I, I claimed myself a biohacker for many years post college <laughs> and you know inundated myself with podcasts and books and specialists and got really into the field of of nutrition as one of those means of of learning about you know how can you be the best version of yourself. Mm-hmm. And so while I was really interested in nutrition I was also very intimidated by the chemistry aspect of nutrition. And so, you know, I just wanted to take the simple path and say, okay, I just need to take an intro to chemistry class for, for, to become a nurse. And so I'm going to become a nurse Mm -hmm. and I fulfilled all my prerequisites and it was time to apply for my nursing programs. And I went and visited a couple colleges to do a, you know, a post-bac nursing program. And I just couldn't get myself to, Mm -hmm. to apply for school. Like I just didn't want to apply for any of the schools. And so what I did instead is I called my dream college and asked them what I would need to fulfill the prerequisites for their master's of nutrition program. And then that's, that's the path I took. And what's your, where is your dream college? Yeah. So my dream college was Bastyr university in Seattle, Washington. They're, well, they're just North of the, the main city, but they are the leading school in, you know, holistic whole foods approach to nutrition. Nice. Okay. And that's where you completed your DPD program? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How long did that take? It was two years, two years of schooling. So, I mean, it took many years for my prerequisites because, you know, coming from a business management background, mm-hmm. I didn't have any of my science um, prerequisites. So that took a bit of time. And I did a couple of their prerequisites the summer before my program started, which I think really just set me up for success and getting back into the school mode and all that. Nice. So what was the most interesting part of completing that program? And what would you say was the most challenging? Yeah, well, I think probably the most challenging thing was the pandemic, to be honest, you know, I went into school and we had that first quarter of school Mm -hmm. um, where we were all in person, which I'm so grateful for because I got to know some of my classmates just within that time, which was so nice to have. But then we were on Zoom for a year and a half. Mm -hmm. And so I think that was really challenging. I I will say that I'm really self-motivated and the whole aspect of learning online wasn't that hard for me, but just not having the camaraderie day in and day out and having your classmates close by. And some things that I would say that I really loved about the program is that we had to do a couple things. So we did a whole class on the diecast for, Mm -hmm. it was the second year fall quarter. And I think that just really set us up well for diecast and the the internship application process, which in hindsight, I look back and I'm just like, wow, we, that was an amazing experience for us. And we, in our second year of our program, we had to do two rotations of clinical rotation for mm-hmm. for a quarter. And so that was also really nice when we jumped into, I, I can speak for myself, jumping into my internship. And granted, I've had all this healthcare experience and working with patients for many years. But mm-hmm. even in a clinical setting, um, I think that working as a clinical, as a student clinician, it really set us up for success with coming into our internships and feeling just really ready to tackle 
working with patients and that whole setting. Yeah, I think that's an awesome experience. I was definitely nervous about clinical and many um, students and interns that I speak to all have that same kind of anxiety. So it sounds like, you know, you had a head start on that and was pretty well prepared for that experience. Mm-hmm. So diecast specifically, did you start early because you had that course on diecast? What did you think that experience was like? Yeah, you know, I thought that the process was very all like overall, it was it wasn't too bad. But that, you know, there were definitely moments that I was frustrated when it was just, you know, repetitive work and plugging in all the schools you went to Mm -hmm. and plugging in every single class. And it was just I felt I felt it very repetitive. And that that in itself was really frustrating so time consuming, but I think because we had this whole class in fall semester around it, it really, once it came down to submit my um, applications, I did think that I was, I felt really ready. And I think if, if I could recommend something to, you know, future interns and people who are in, in school right now, ready, getting ready to apply for the processes, I would recommend starting your resume and your personal statements early so that mm-hmm. you have time to really keep reading them, refining them, sending them, sending them out to people who can help you edit them and give you a, a different outlook on what they might see. And I think because we started that process out so early, that really helped me um, then be able to just do the busy work when it came down to do the busy work right before submitting applications. Yeah, no, I agree with you. That part was so tricky for me. I'm the type of person where I need to work on something and then go at go back and put more eyes on it. Mm-hmm. And it may help me, you know, switch up some sentences or maybe I remember experience that I had forgotten about and not included. Having other people put eyes on it from a different perspective also makes it a lot more clear for the person that will be reading it. Totally. So, I'm sorry. <laughs> go ahead. No, no. Um, and I think that writing personal statements can be really, really challenging, especially because our our program isn't super writing focused per se, mm-hmm. but that a lot of times if you go to your local, there a lot of schools have writing centers and a lot of times there will be people who are willing to help you work on those. So I would definitely recommend seeking out writing the writing, your local writing center as a means of helping you out with that process. Mm-hmm. I'm big on resources and assistance. I mean, you can't live in a or perform in a bubble, especially if somebody else is maybe, you know, better versed on doing something like that. Mm-hmm. So let me back up a little bit. Your DPD program, was that an addition to like your undergrad or was that working towards your master's? No, yes. my I did a master's in, in dietetics and nutrition. So I did my undergrad many, many years ago. And now I, I took a a chunk off of time. Then I started working on my prerequisites for nursing. Then mm-hmm. I went into, I, I changed paths and went into nutrition, but you needed to come into the master's program with, I'm, I, I think an undergraduate degree and all the prerequisites. Okay. Got it. I didn't think that I had, was um, very clear with the audience on that. Mm-hmm. So how many DIs did you end up applying to? And like, what was your thought process behind that? Yeah, I ended up applying to three and that was really challenging to think about 
okay, how many DI should I apply to based off of what I've learned in terms of matching and that whole process. Um, and so, yeah, I ended up applying to three and my process behind it was that I really just wanted to apply to places that I wanted to live. But now looking mm-hmm. back, I wish, I wish I had known a couple things when I was applying to it, like what I was more interested, most interested in, in the field of dietetics, you know, I really didn't, I hadn't tailored it down yet. And mm-hmm. Had I known some things, I would have applied to internships specifically for what I was really interested in. I mean, I, I have a few avenues that I'm really interested in. And so um, I did apply to a couple of internships that were community-based, which is okay. a, definitely an interest of mine. And then I also applied to an internship that was a distance internship because the idea of staying in Seattle and staying kind of home base was – it. I really – enjoyed that thought so okay so were you leaning towards a traditional experience or a distance internship yeah so I was I was definitely leaning towards the distance internship and you know that was because not all distance internships are set up in a way where you need to find all of your pre uh, preceptors prior to even applying for the internship. Mm-hmm. But this specific internship, you needed to have all your rotations set before you could even turn in your application. And so the process of finding my preceptors, while again, for me, I don't think that this is normal, but was relatively streamlined and easy for me. Um, I just was very set on the rotations that I that I had chosen and the preceptors that I had found in my immediate area. So I was very set on the, on the distance internship. I would say that was my first choice. Okay. I like that. And I like that you get to really, um, in that application, like really create the experience that you wanted. So who did you end up matching with and what does your internship roadmap look like? Yeah, so I ended up matching with the University of Houston's distance track. So they have two tracks that start at the same time. There's the in-person and the distance track. And I, it, you know, it's MNT heavy, which I'm not the most excited about because I, I will say that I am definitely not on a path to continuing on in clinical health. I, okay. I've worked in clinical health for so long now and i while I think that it means well and there's a lot of great things going on in clinical health, I also feel as though we're missing a big aspect and that's, you know, treating the root cause of, mm-hmm. of disease states. And it's a lot of, of re- reasons for resources and, you know, we just, yeah, a lot of uh, institutions are just not set up for treating the root cause and really getting to you know, get keeping patients out of the hospital. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's MNT heavy, which I wasn't the most excited about, but I was really excited about my, my clinical rotation, which was at a level one trauma hospital mm. in Seattle, Washington, working with a really diverse patient population, both ec- ethnically and just the disease states and the, the things that we see at the hospital. And I had worked at the hospital for the couple years that I was in my program as well as a as a hospital assistant in mm-hmm. all of I was in the float pool so I worked on all the departments. Okay. And so 
that's it was 12 weeks of that and then we have five weeks of community five weeks of food service and then we have four weeks of um electives and so Mm -hmm. i will say that this is a very fast-paced internship it's 26 weeks which can also be really ideal for some people who just want to get through the internship and want to sit for the boards and just move on to you know getting a job getting experience in the field um and while it is 26 weeks and really accelerated, I will say that there is, they do give you, they work with you if things come up and, you know, I had some medical things come up and I had to actually take off a rotation. And so now I was going to end at the beginning of March, but now I won't be ending until the end of April. Yeah. I'm glad that they were, you know, flexible like that because life happens. Totally. Very much um, accelerated. And something I wanted to mention. So I didn't want to scare people when saying it's accelerated, but they also work with you. Yeah. (laughs) No, something that I really appreciate said was that, you know, you matched, um, which is super competitive. Like you got in in this distance uh, program were able to have your experience you already knew like you didn't really want to do clinical focused things as as far as mnt focused things but you had the experience and you could take from it what you needed to to then build in the area that you wanted to focus on so mm-hmm. what area is yeah so that's kind of changed throughout just the last year and you know, with my own life experiences and to now having just some more time to think outside of school and some more time Mm -hmm. for myself. But I am really interested in private practice, first of all. And I'm really interested in in functional health, functional nutrition. Mm -hmm. And I do have a background in in yoga as well as it being a yoga teacher. And so I would really love to just kind of incorporate this. Eventually, my dream plan is to have, you know, a, a property where I can have um, like weekend gatherings with, you know, nutrition focused uh, activities, whether that's mm-hmm. gardening and harvesting food and teaching people how to cook and then doing some more mindful practices around, you know, yoga and meditation and rest. I like that. They said rest is, um, or I read like rest is revolutionary because it feels like in life, everybody pushes against that up until recently. It's always hustle, 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 go get Mm -hmm. it. But like rest is a major key. It's Mm -hmm. like the secret weapon that people don't want to necessarily accept because they feel like they're falling behind when they're taking that time. Yeah, no, rest is one of the most regenerative things you can do for your body and your mind to actually mm-hmm. gain strength. Let me back up. <laughs> <laughs> when I was working in public health, um, I worked uh, alongside a number of organizations and one grant that um, a group in Hartford had just won dealt with what you're talking about, like really getting the community to come back to putting their hands in the dirt Mm -hmm. and, you know, resting and understanding what breathing and meditation is about, Mm -hmm. because that's also a form of healing versus, you know, maybe taking different medications, you know, everybody isn't open to that and they want an alternative 
version of healing just for their spirit. So mm-hmm. I think you're definitely onto something there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really excited to, you know, I, I think that I'm just as much a lifelong learner as I am a teacher. And I'm really excited to even just have more time to be able to take more classes around, you know, these kinds of aspects of functional nutrition and just, and we got a basis of it at our school, which I really mm-hmm. appreciated it. But um, I would love to take some more classes around, you know, trauma-informed dietetic care and mm. the psychology of eating and lifestyle eating and performance and intuitive eating, all those kinds of classes. I like that. You never stop learning. So it's cool that you're seeking it out for yourself and for your future client um, Mm -hmm. and patient base. A question that I have. So you are looking to create a private practice. Have you looked or done any research on like the steps that you'll need to take for that or, or in your current internship? Is there anything put in place to help with, you know, your knowledge base and next steps? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I, my internship, they didn't, I wanted to work with a private practice for my elective rotation and that was just not prioritized. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there's not much in my internship, but I will say that I think, I don't know if it's the process of applying for my internship and having to find my own preceptors or just, Mm -hmm. you know, being at an older age and being comfortable (laughs) reaching out to people. But I have just reached out to a lot of private practice dietitians in my area and Mm -hmm. just and I have a couple of friends who are dietitians and have just asked them questions and asked them things on you know the things that worked the things that didn't work I there's so many videos online there's um a person who is they're called the dietitian boss and they have a podcast out and I've just been really inundating myself with that podcast and the process of you know, starting your own dietetic business. So there are definitely resources out there. And I know that they also have a program that helps you with that whole process. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to being eventually able to afford that and be able to Mm -hmm. take that class. But at this time, you know, I'm just kind of finding out things through friends, other dietitians, and then the internet. Yeah, I mean, you have to be willing to do some of that groundwork on your own. And clearly you are a self-starter. I think you're reaching out and doing that research. There's so many resources. I stay on Facebook in the different dietitian groups, the different private practice groups. There's so much free information out there and people that are willing to assist you in that knowledge base. But I wanted to highlight what you said because I too am a person that listens to podcasts all the time. I listen to audiobooks all the time. I'm always consuming information. What are um, podcasts that you frequent or are interested in, along with audiobooks? Yeah, I would say that um, the few podcasts that have just kind of been on my in my, um, that I've been listening to a lot lately are the dietitian boss podcast. I think that's Mm -hmm. a great resource for anybody who's wanting to start a private practice in the field of dietetics. I've also been listening to the gold digger podcast, which is also Mm -hmm. not necessarily tailored to nutrition 
in that field, but it's tailored to any entrepreneur. So, you know, really learning how to start your business up legally, the correct steps to take, all of those things, um, how to get seen, lots, like, just, it's a wealth of, of knowledge. And um, I've also been really listening to the Huberman Lab podcast. He's a neuroscientist out of Stanford, and he really... Oh, he's amazing. He he talks a lot about nutrition as a means of neurological health, but he just really breaks down in an applicable way and in a way that anyone can understand without a science background on mm-hmm. the tools and resources that we can use in our daily life to become kind of this best version of ourselves through nutrition, through lifestyle habits, through all of these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in terms of books, you know, I haven't I've, I've listened to some more, I would say, you know, trauma-informed kind of care books like the polybagel theory and trauma-informed care. Um, but I, I, if I could recommend one book for all dietitians, it would be this book called Vitamania. So another thing mm-hmm. I really enjoyed about our program is we took a whole class around supplements okay. and the regulations or the dysregulations around supplements. And it's just, it's, it's a background information on where supplements come from, where the regulations come from, or where, you know, supplements really aren't regulated Mm -hmm. and just health claims around, around supplements. And with, if, if you haven't taken any background in supplements, it's a really good resource to just kind of help you start to begin. If, if that's something that you're interested in working with um, in the future in a, in a practice or, with your organization. So, yeah. Those are good. I'm jotting these down uh, for myself. It's, it's a lot of um, <clears throat> uninformed information that's out there. And mm-hmm. especially now at the beginning of the year with like, you know, the people that are well-intentioned about you know, like these resolutions and changes in their lifestyle that they want to make, you're bombarded with all types of ads um, and people and organizations pushing different quote unquote pills and potions mm-hmm. and they don't know anything about them. Like you could be causing way more harm than good. Totally. You know, yeah. I'm definitely going to check that out. Yeah. And I wanted to add that <clears throat> the gold digger podcast with Jenna Kutcher is like one of my favorite podcasts mm-hmm. put onto that one by um, an OBGYN friend of mine who started her own business. It's a lot of easily digestible information if you're mm-hmm. trying to build something on your own mm-hmm. totally yeah. yeah okay so I mean I can see you shaking up the nutrition and dietetics <laughs> world like very easily I don't have to go over that and you definitely already have your plan after completion um, and I love that very focused and headstrong and you gave actually a lot of our students and interns that are listening but I just wanted to ask you you know is there anything that I didn't ask or anything that you didn't get the opportunity to highlight um, that you feel could be helpful for those that are on this journey with you yeah you know I you know, when thinking about just some advice to give to, to students um, and or interns as they go through this process, I, this process is not easy by any mm-hmm. means. And I think I just, first of all, want to say like, you can do this and that there are definitely going to be times where you're feeling the struggle and the struggle is real, but that just kind of remembering 
you know, everything that you've come through prior and all the challenges that you've completed prior and just honing in on that when you feel as though, oh, like, I just want to be done or I don't want to do this anymore because you will have many moments like that throughout your program and or internship. Um, I also think, you know, being able to find another classmate and another or another person in your cohort, whether that's in your internship or your program, can be so beneficial with just having somebody who knows exactly what you're going through to be able to just talk to and work through mm-hmm. kind of these processes of feeling defeat. Um, I I had a, a friend of, of that in my program and we would literally talk to each other every day for like an hour, just, you know, talking about how hard it was and yeah. we'd also talk about our accomplishments as well. But it was just, I mean, she really kept me going through this program, I think. Oh, it was it like was that. phenomenal to just have somebody who and it's different than just having your friends who aren't in your program and don't actually know what you're going through. Right. So just finding that person that you can really, you know, talk to and work with on, you know, getting through getting through the tough times. And then the last thing I will say, and I would say this to anyone and everyone, is that taking time for yourself and for self-care is so important with being able to just move the needle forward in terms of success and feeling as though you can be successful. And, you know, a lot of us who go into these programs, I would say are probably type A kind of people who, (laughs) you know, get, get things done and get things done early and do go above and beyond what we need to be doing and feel as though we don't have any time for ourselves. And, you know, as long as you make time for yourself, you always have time for yourself. And so I would recommend at least once a week, if you can just, you know, drop everything you're doing in your program or your internship and just take some time for yourself, whether that's, you know, go to to go to the gym or to get out on a hike for a hike in the woods or have a cup of coffee with a friend, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever fills your cup. But taking that time for yourself is going to be so it's just going to be so much you're going to be so much more successful in what you're doing whether that's working with patients whether that's trying to finish an assignment yeah yeah no I I love it all I co-signed everything that you said I'm here for self-care and taking that time for you because you can't pour into anybody else unless you've poured into yourself first and just giving you you know that that peaceful moment to be able to think things through or don't think about anything at all mm-hmm. and also the group chat <laughs> with your cohort mm-hmm. with people that are also dealing with similar challenges and day-to-day is is so important so you can just vent and move on or get somebody that's like patting you on the back or reminding you of your own accomplishments yeah. in this challenging journey Yeah. I think something that happens is that we think we're in it alone and we think Mm -hmm. that, oh, we're the only ones who are maybe struggling with this class or struggling to study for this test or struggling to finish this assignment when that there comes that reminder that, no, you're not the only one. And it just is so much more reassuring that you can get through this and that, you know, other people are also in the same boat and you're all you're all going to get through it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Victoria, you made this so easy. This conversation was so awesome. So thank you for taking yeah, the time to come course. on. Yeah, this so, was great. 
I definitely want to share with the audience any contact information that you're willing to share if they, you know, want to find you to get more tips or encouragement or just to talk to you about your own experiences. So can you share that with the audience? Yeah, definitely. I You can find me at um, innate wellness nutrition on Instagram as well as, and I haven't gotten any content on there, but I will real soon. And, um, I am also at Vic dot, uh, T O R Y dot snippets, S N I P B I T S. Um, that's my personal page. And yeah, if I would love, if anybody has any questions, um, I've had a lot of resources, for me that I've been able to reach out and people have been really friendly. So I am more than willing to have anybody ask me questions and I would love to help out in any way I can um, moving forward with distance internships or starting a practice or whatever. I want to, you know, pass the, be, you know, be able to reciprocate what I've received in the past. That's so awesome. Thank you, Victoria. Yeah. Okay, guys. So I will see you guys next week with a brand new interview. Have a wonderful week.